Open your Bibles, if you'd like to, to, to Joshua, the book of Joshua, chapter, chapter 1. <clears throat> How many of you are ready for the new year? <laughs> Three of you. How, how many of you are a little intimidated by the new year? Nobody. Um, how many of you are awake? <laughs> okay. Just, just wanted to make sure. Every year we step up to the threshold of a new year. Today happens that we have Sunday on New Year's Eve. We stand at the door of a new year. The amazing thing about a new year is, is that we know absolutely do not know what it's going to bring. Let me ask you a question. How many of you had things come in or happen in your life last year that you did not expect the year before? Yeah, most of us. Most of us, because when we step up to that door, we, we can't see. We can't see what's coming. We can't see down the road. There's some things that we can anticipate. There are some things that we may assume, but the reality is we don't know what's coming in this new year. So when we step up to the door, when we step up to this threshold, we need to do everything we can do to prepare ourselves for that year to be successful and prosperous. And when I say successful and prosperous, sometimes... We get the idea that it's a, it's a money thing or it's a, you know, a success in like a, a business, the, a position in, in um, or maybe I say prosperous and we think about more and more and more money. And I'm not saying that God can't bless you that way, but I will tell you that there are moments in our life when we find ourselves drained of soul when you find yourself in that season, and everybody goes through it, in that season where you don't sense the presence of God, you feel like He's not hearing your prayers, you feel alone, and in those moments, the greatest longing of your heart is just to feel His presence and hear His voice and experience His joy and know His peace again. You see how prosperity changes? It changes according to where we are, and then suddenly in that moment, the, the real prosperity, the real success, and the real prosperity come to the front. I remember one time, uh, a long time ago, Carla and I being in a, in a situation in a, in a church, and, and I told her, I said, I can't do it anymore. I, I just, I can't handle, I just can't handle this anymore. I would rather live in a little one-room cabin up in the mountains somewhere and, and have no money than to have to deal with this day in and day out. Anybody else ever wanted to escape? And in those moments, when you get there, in those moments you realize that money can't make you happy. Money can, money can be a good thing. It can bring about fun for us as God's people. Money is for twofold. Number one, to take care of our needs. 
to bless our life and for us to bless the kingdom of God. It's a twofold thing. But as we look into this new year, there are lots of, lots of things. The world is nothing like what it was a few years ago. Not saying that it's ever been uh, without fall. I'm not saying the world has never been without sin and pain and heartache. But, but we're at a different time. And I think most of you here would probably attest to that. Uh, people are different. The enemy's attacks upon people are different. Uh, people's fuses are mighty, mighty short. And a lot of things happening in the world where on social media you can be accused and convicted all at the same time just because somebody doesn't like you. And if you are in a place, and we've seen, we've seen in the past some ministers who, who God has used in such huge ways, and even, even on television, you see, sometimes I think we think those television people, well, they're not real. Yes, they are real, and many of them are very sincere, and many of them God gave them a platform. But here's the problem. If you are a godless person and you hate Christianity and you want to take it down, what are you going to do? You begin to make accusations. And in this world now, it's not a matter of going to court. The accusations are made and nobody, there, there's no opportunity to sit down and for two people to bring out their both sides and their witnesses and then for a judge to make a decision. It's just, it's put there, and people just believe it because it is what it is, and now we've got trouble. Now, have I depressed the far out of you so far? Here's what I want you to know. We have to be aware of that. We have to be aware of that for a couple reasons, because we've got to be careful. As God's people, we've got to be careful. And number two, you've got to know when it happens that you trust God. You trust God. Never seen a time when teenagers are committing suicide because one teenager gets on Facebook or Instagram or whatever those other things are, jealous because of a boyfriend or a girlfriend situation and then begin to rip that person apart and say all kinds of things about that young lady that are not even true until she walks into school and the shame that she feels is so heavy and bigger than she can handle that she goes home and takes her own life. That's the world we live in. That's the world of social media. Are there good things about it? Yes. The very fact that right now there are probably at least 30,000 or maybe three people watching online um, that we're able to minister to. That's a beautiful thing. But there is so much that is so ugly and so hateful. And as people, and we're told this, will grow worse and worse. Evil will grow worse and worse. 
the evil working through people will grow worse and worse. Deception will grow worse and worse. And I promise you, I've lived long enough to know. I've never been one to preach a lot about, yeah, we're, this is the, you know, we're right at the last days. I I haven't preached that uh, in my entire ministry. But I also know the signs. I also know and can sense in the spirit world what is going on. And so if we're going to be successful coming into this new year, and if we're going to be prosperous, we need to learn from somebody who was about ready to step through the threshold of something that, that they did not know what was going to happen and yet had to trust God for it and experience victories. You want to do that? Joshua. Moses is dead. Joshua now has been given the job. You're going to lead the people. And here's what I want you to know, Joshua. You are going to lead the people into the promised land. That land that I told you that flows with milk and honey. That land that I told you about that you're going to you're gonna own lands that you didn't buy. You're going to live in houses that you didn't build. You're going to have businesses that, that, that are just going to come to you. All of that's going to happen. It's in the promised land, but there are enemies there in the promised land too that you're going to have to deal with. And so he begins to give him instruction. How many of you know that you're going to deal with enemies? And and we're going to deal with enemies in ways that we have never dealt with enemies before today. As Christian people, we're going to deal with enemies. There was a time when people were, were glad to just leave us alone and let us do what we do. That time is gone. There are haters out there that, that hate your Jesus, and they hate the fact that you love Jesus, and they hate the fact that you want to preach Jesus. They hate the fact that you want to walk with Jesus. But it's not just hate anymore. They take action and so there, are, there is persecution to some extent in a way in this country that we've never seen it before. How many of you are feeling mighty motivated now? You like this motivational speech? But I want to help you. I want to help you. Because, see, I'd be lying to you. I, I, I would love just to come in here and just, you know, pump you all up and send you out. Um, but here's what I know, just to pump up and send you out uh, the first time you get slapped with, a, with an attack from the enemy, that little pump up and send out is not going to last. What I want to do is prepare you to be successful through the entire year. I want to prepare you to be prosperous through the entire year. So let's look at some passages, and, and we're just going to take our time to read a few of these. And this message is going to last uh, two weeks. I'm going to do today and next week. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' aide, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all the people get ready to cross over the Jordan into the land that I am about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses, 
And this is God talking to Joshua. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river Euphrates, all the high tight country, and to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now listen to this. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit a land that I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous the second time. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your, what's that word? Lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do, to do, not to know. He didn't say so that you be careful to know everything written in it. He said to be careful to do what's written in it. Then, then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous the third time. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Let's stop there. This instruction from God is, is, is pretty big. And for the Lord to say, and He doesn't waste words, for God to say, be strong and courageous three times in a very short period of time he is driving a point home he wants joshua to get this joshua the land that flows with milk and honey joshua the land of 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 abundance that i've already told you about joshua all the things that you know the blessings of god that are going to be there all the land that you're going to walk on i'm going to give it to you but i want you to know to get it you're going to have to be strong and courageous. How many of you know that you don't need for somebody to tell you to be strong and courageous if you're not about to deal with something that is going to require strength and courage? There's no need for that. I mean, you know, we might say something like, you know, Carla walks out the door and, and I say, she's, she's going to Walmart, and I say, honey, be strong and courageous. I think that would be fitting, probably. Be strong and courageous. But it's still not like this, right? Honey, you're going to Disney World. Just be strong and courageous. Those lines are so long. But if you just be strong and courageous, you'll make it. That's not the strong and courageous that he's talking about. They're about ready to face some fierce enemies. Even though in the mind of God these enemies are already defeated, they still are going to have to go in and they're going to have to take out the enemies. And the only thing they know about these enemies is when Moses sent 12 spies into the land, 10 came back and they were scared to death and scared everybody else to death. And two, two of them, Joshua and Caleb, were the only ones that came back with a good report. And their report was... 
yeah, we saw all the same things, but we see it through a different set of eyes. God's given it to us, then there's blessing there. Everybody else went, got just down in the mouth and, and ready to quit. So now we've got this Joshua taking Moses' place, and God says, be strong and courageous. That word means to be being strong or to grow in strength. How many of you know how we grow in strength? We grow in strength with resistance. You know people who, are, who work out often and, and, and they have muscles. How did they get those muscles? Now, I will tell you, sometimes really good DNA is helpful. But even with that, if there's no resistance, you don't work the muscle. And for, for us, when he says, be growing in strength, it's a matter of knowing that we are going to continually face some resistance but as we face that resistance, we're going to grow stronger. So if we change our entire view of resistance, because most of us see resistance as uncomfortable, we see, we see resistance as something that we don't want to deal with, and, and, the, and we're going to get resistance from the world. It's going to happen. So if we can take that and say, I'm going to use this to grow stronger. That's what God is saying. Be growing in strength. Be growing strong. Be growing in strength. And courageous and courage can be an outflow of that. How many of you feel like you've got like a courage deficiency? We all have a ton of courage until we're in a position to, to use it, right? Have you ever felt strong and courageous and then you get into a situation and after you walk away, it's like, what happened to my courage? It was all gone. Got to grow in strength. And as we grow in strength, we will grow in courage. So the very first thing that I want us to do, and I'll give some of you some of these little numbers. Number one, if we're going, if we're going to be successful and prosperous in this new year, God's way of success and prosperous in this new year, number one, we have to grow in strength, and that is inner strength. That is an internal strength. That is strength in our spirit, strength in our mind, strength within our, in our emotions and our heart. Does that make sense? Anybody sense a need to grow in strength? No? Everybody's good then. We can move on to the next one. Number two, write this down. Make obedience to Jesus a priority. If you're going to be successful and prosperous in this new year, if you're going to walk with the Lord in intimacy, if you're going to walk in purpose and God's going to use you for the purpose that he planned for your life make obedience to Jesus a priority obedience today listen this is what he said in the in verse 7 be careful to obey all the law well what is the law we don't obey 
the Mosaic law. What do we? We we obey the laws of God. We obey the teachings of Jesus. And so as we obey, Jesus said, if you love me, obey me. If you love me, keep my commands. And so he equated obedience to relationship and to love, not to drudgery. So he says, obey. And if we're going to be successful, we're going to have to make obeying Jesus a priority, especially in the days to come. There were times in the past that you could get by with disobeying uh, for a little while. But I'm telling you, there's going to be, and I'm not talking about God taking a, a two before to you. I'm saying that obedience to him helps us stay on the path. And, and it's dangerous. It's a dangerous time to get off the path. It's a dangerous time to play in the enemy's backyard. Because he means business. He's not playing and so when we veer away and we get in his backyard, we get in trouble. Obedience today is your deliverance tomorrow. Obedience today is your promotion tomorrow. Obedience today is your advance tomorrow. But without obedience today, we miss what should be coming tomorrow. Is anybody tracking? And all you have to do is pay a price, hopefully once, hopefully we learn once. Most of us don't. But all you have to do is pay a price for disobedience and give you, give you an example. There was a season when God spoke to me and said, I want you to read every morning an entire book of the Bible. Every morning an entire book, not the entire Bible, an, an entire book. Galatians. Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, read, read the gospel. It's going to take a little bit longer, but you can do it. And so the Lord spoke to me about doing that. I started out okay. And, and he even spoke to me about the duration of time. It was like, do it until I tell you you're done. And so I started out okay, and then the busyness of life begin to hit and it takes a little time to do that how many of you know it takes a little time to 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 read an entire book and on this day this was coming up at this time and okay I, I'll do it tomorrow but I can't hit it today and so a day is missed and then another day comes and well you know uh, I'll read a couple, I'll just maybe read a half a chapter, but I don't have time for the whole thing. And so you do that long enough, you begin to forget what it is that you were supposed to be doing. And then the Holy Spirit would remind me occasionally. And it's like, yes, my good intentions, I'm, I'm going to do it. Uh, tomorrow morning, I'm going to do it. 
and then tomorrow morning comes and goes and I'm off to doing life. And then an attack from the enemy came so fiercely that it it rattled me so fiercely that internally anxiety panic attacks the inability to control my mind up all night during the night with my mind going a million miles an hour thinking about every bad thing that was going to happen and even the things that probably would not were not going to be bad my mind was creating that is anybody tracking with me and in that moment i realized obedience is not just so you can check off something on your spiritual report card god had prepared me ahead of time for the severity of the attack that was coming. And because I did not obey him and do that came. It was coming anyway. See, don't get, don't make, I don't want you to hear this. I want you to say, well, God was just being mean to him because he didn't obey. No, 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 that's not our father. Our father is saying, I'm, I'm your father. I love you. Trust me. I'm telling you what I need you to do right now because if you do this right now, it's going to be, be your deliverance down the road. But if you don't do this right now, you can become a prisoner down the road. Never belittle the moments when the Holy Spirit, yes, get the Word of God. Obey what you read, what Jesus tells us to obey. But listen to the Holy Spirit. Listen to the Holy Spirit in here. Because there will be moments that He's going to speak to you in ways that can save your life. The enemy will set up an ambush. He will set up an ambush. There will be people, there will be people that will want to tear you apart. But God can set up his own ambush. Lord, that person is yours. I will not seek revenge. Be cool if a little bit of fire would fall. You know that coal, hot coals thing you mentioned, but I put that in your hands. And I trust you because that, that's not my fight. And so we learn to walk we learn to walk with him in obedience 
in such a way that it's, it's life-changing for us and other people. Is anybody? Simple obedience. And you know when you know. How many of you parents... How many of you parents have ever laid down a law and, and asked your child to obey that? None of you. That's why this world's in the shape it's in. us. <laughs> you laid down a law, and you laid down a law not because you wanted to hurt your child, but it was because you could see something coming down the road. You told your daughter, you're not going to date that guy. Now, your daughter, at this certain age, brain dead, <laughs> the only thing that's operating is the heart. The emotions to say, but I love him. And he seems okay enough. But your parents have an ability to sniff out. Bad. And so your parents say, you are not going out with that guy. And you get mad and you sneak out of the house. Because you're going to go out with that guy. Because your mom and dad are stupid. They, they hate life. They hate marriage and they're just trying to make you miserable the way they are. I think I got off on the wrong sermon. Let me see where I'm supposed to be at. If you press through what your parents said and do it anyway, and you end up hurt, you end up broken, you end up not even wanting to live because he shattered your heart or maybe left you pregnant and walked away. Can you think back that if you had listened to a mom and dad who are not trying to kill your joy but who are trying to save your life if you could go back and say man if I had obeyed if I had obeyed I would not be dealing with this situation right now As we go into this new year, there are going to be plenty of opportunities to go the wrong way. Speaking of that, this is the last thing. I'm going to give you, let me give you one more thing. This is going to be the last one. Look at verse 
7, do not, do not turn from it, from the Lord, do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Don't turn from the right or the left. The world is watching, and they can't wait to accuse us. We need to stay on the straight and narrow, focused on the Lord. Because when we move away from Him and go to the, to the right, you're right, or you're left, right, left, when we move in that direction, when we go the wrong way, there's going to be trouble. But if we stay in line with the words of a loving Father who cares more about your life than you care about your life and who knows more about how to make you successful and to make you prosper than you can even imagine, if we just come to the point to yield to Him and say, Lord, You are the way, the truth, and the life, and I'm going to follow You. You are the all-wise one. You are the all-knowing ones. You, 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 Lord, are the all-powerful one, and I'm none of those. How many times in our own life do you do things, and then you get to the place to where, I, I've done this before. I, I, it's like, I, you know, I don't even want to open my mouth anymore because I don't even trust what's going to come out of my mouth. And you have to steal away and get alone with the Lord and get everything going right in here. And sometimes it means that with our lips, with our mouth, we have to make sure that we're speaking faith and saying the right things. And sometimes it just means maybe we should just shut up until we can learn to speak in a way that brings life. Not make excuses, but just shut up until we can speak words of life. Does this make sense? Y'all still awake? Words of life. Words of love. Encourage each other. Lift each other up. It's going to have to happen. I'm going to fi- I don't want to finish my message. I'll, I'll pick up next week from here. But there is one thing he said. <laughs> Number four is you need a word-ruled mind. A word-ruled mind. In verse 8, he says, Keep the book of the law always on your lips, Always on your lips. Be murmuring and speaking the word throughout the day. Keep it on your lips. Get you, a, get you a verse in the morning and just quote it. Speak it all day long. And if you haven't learned to quote it yet, then just keep it on a little card and all day long read it, but keep it on your lips. There's something powerful about speaking the word. God's 
spoke and created the universe. God spoke and created the earth. God spoke and created the animals. God spoke and created vegetation. He has built us in His likeness. Speak. Speak. But speak His Word. But we can't speak His Word if our mind is not ruled by the Word And so he says, meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do. Not careful to know everything in it, careful to do. I think we've created in our culture in America that it's just about knowing. But he's saying be careful to do. Not just be careful to know the word, be careful to do everything written in it. And when you do that, then you will be prosperous and successful. What is a word-ruled heart or mind? All throughout your day, you're given options. You're given choices. A word-ruled mind, the mind that has meditated on the Word of God, the, the, the mind that is continually putting the Word of God in, when choices come, we don't choose by culture, we don't choose by emotion, we choose... By word. Does that make sense? And, and it, makes, it makes choices so much easier because this brother says this and this sister says this and this psychiatrist says this and the culture says this. But in your mind, you hear what the word says. And when we know what the word says, it takes away all of the pain of making a choice because we've got a word-ruled mind. Does that make sense? A word-ruled mind. What I've shared with you today, I believe with all of my heart, is what we have to have coming into this new year. And if we will embrace these things, there's a verse where he says, don't be afraid. But how many of you know that he doesn't have to say, need to say, don't be afraid if there's not opportunity to be afraid. He says, don't be discouraged. But how many of you know he doesn't need to say, don't be discouraged if there's not going to be opportunity to be discouraged. Next week's message is going to be one probably of the most important. And not not that today was not, but probably one of the most important messages for our day and our time. Today, right where we sit, just for a moment, would you be willing? just to renew your heart to the Lord and say, Lord, I I made a lot of bad choices in 23, but I know you love me and I know you forgive me. And as you wash my sin away, I move. I repent of that. 
and I move and step into the door of this new year with a new outlook and a new fresh walk with you. Lead me. Lead me, Lord. And make me successful and prosperous for your kingdom. May your kingdom come and your will be done on this earth as it is in heaven.